And I'd like to welcome everyone to episode three of the Disaster Dads. Uh, again, appreciate everyone sticking through with us through the first two episodes. And, um, you know, all the great feedback that we're getting at DisasterDads.com uh, via our Twitter handle at Disaster Dads and via email. If you want to go so old school as to do that instead of tweet us, it's dad, the dads at DisasterDads.com. So thank you, everyone, for listening and really appreciate you joining us on this third episode. We're going to be talking about transportation, car preparedness, like how do you handle, you know, getting around town? How do you handle when you're outside of your comfort zone or your home area, but you're on a trip, your vehicle, you know, or just driving your car around town? Are you prepared for when your car just decides to crap out and decide, you know what, the warranty expired four months ago. I've really just been nice to you for these past four months, so I'm going to just stop now. So we're going to get into that in a little bit. And space weather. And space weather. We're going to bring up space weather. We will always do that. So I'm always looking forward to that. Um, again, my name is Eric, and I'm your host of the, of the Disaster Dads. I came up with the name, but I still can't really roll it off the tongue as quickly as I should. So uh, thank you for joining us. Around the table, I've got Joe, I've got Dan, I've got Rob, and I've got Frank. You've got the core group of the Disaster Dads, and we're uh, really happy to have you here. Uh, you can get a little bit more about their bios either by listening to Episode 1. If you're just catching us up to us now, thanks for joining us. Go to Episode 1. You can listen to them there, or you can uh, check out DisasterDads.com, and we'll have a... Uh, that we have their bios up there on that. So uh, we'll just kind of get things started off here real quick. We want to talk about, you know, we like to start off a little bit of relevant news. And this is a little bit older. It happened a little bit a while ago. But it is kind of relevant to what we're going to be talking about next. And it's a very interesting, very interesting thing that happened. Uh, in the Montgomery County, Maryland area, there was a very tragic uh, explosion at an apartment complex, a gas line explosion. Uh, at this time, all the details aren't known. Um, what caused it. Um, it does not look to be intentional. It looks like it is something accidental, but it was a middle of the night, large apartment complex explosion that I believe um, right now there's been seven fatalities associated with the explosion. Um, and it was just a massive amount of damage that came out because of because of this explosion and just a lot of rubble everywhere. People had to just leave. You just, you just left. You didn't, you know, grab a go bag or anything like that. You just had to get out because that's what you had to do. Um, so, I mean, it's one of those things where you know, you're hoping that you're prepared as best you can, but then something like this happens, you know, is this something that, you know, for the dads around the table and for you all listening, is this something that you just need to think about a large apartment complexes or is this something in a single family home? Do you really need to think about if I'm not able to grab my go bag or simple things like your phone? That's what really got me to get, you know, brought in onto this, this story is just, the number of people that left that were okay, they had all of their families there, they couldn't get a hold of anyone to stay with. They didn't have any of the contacts. Um, we've stated that the, the dads around the table are all a little bit older. So we all used to have to memorize phone numbers because that's all there was. There was nowhere else to put that phone number. But Maybe nowadays... used to keep a note card in their wallet. Yeah. yeah. On Absolutely. the back of the high school senior pictures, you had phone numbers for everybody. Right. Right? I know. So <laughs> it's... Don't give me those looks. It's, Am I the only one that had a black book? Really? Uh, no. no, I, I did. Okay. Yeah. No, I, but I your no black books were Gutenberg like books because they were a little bit older. Um, but you know, so nobody <laughs> kept mine in a field notes notebook. <laughs> it is a lovely book that I think you'll get plenty of years of enjoyment out of, <clears> or at least a couple too. months. But you know, it's something we had to memorize phone numbers. You knew you knew your your phone number for home. You knew your parents' phone numbers at work. You knew like maybe a grandparent's phone number. You know, I mean, you had phone numbers memory. I still have my best friend's phone number from high school, lived down the street. 
Still have that phone number memorized. I could tell you three phone numbers of buddies from high school right now. Mm. I could not tell you any of your guys' phone numbers nope. to save my life. Nope. Um, so it's it's one of those things. We've had such a culture shift and a change with how this goes. You know, so mm, that's kind of the news item, but we'll talk about it a little bit. But what do you, you know, do, what do we need to do? Is that something that we need to change? It's probably going to stay like this forever. You know, people aren't going to be memorizing numbers. But what do you do when you have something like that? Mm-hmm. I mean, did anyone else think about that or have some I, I thought about insight? that. I, I also thought, um, you know, the, well, the, we'll get into this further on in the uh, episode. But what you keep when you're not in your house, what you keep in your car, uh, can directly impact your immediate needs yeah moving forward um but uh no this was a really um interesting scenario because a lot of the stuff that we've talked about in prior episodes in terms of preparedness for natural disasters and things like that are kind of thrown out the window when the building just blew up so you gotta get um so even if you have four go bags with MREs and 72 hours of this, that, and the other thing. Um, if you're worried about the roof falling down on you and you just got to grab your kids and go, well, then you're going to have to be a little, uh, you're going to have to adapt and overcome a little bit. Yeah. And, and that's going to really go into uh, what you've thought about beforehand and how you prepared for, for that type of situation and just how much time you spent thinking about it. Well, and you actually said something too and something that I we... I tried to every once in a while. <laughs> I appreciate that. And something that we didn't talk a lot about in episode two is, you know, we are the disaster dads. We do kind of touch upon our families, but what kind of training are we going to give to our kids? Like, yeah. you know, I could, you know, sorry, H, I could barely get my wife to have my phone number memorized. I mean, yeah. I, it, was, it was a struggle. So and I'm not even sure she has it right now. But what would I do for my kid? You know, am I going to teach them and have them memorize? I mean, you know, you memorize right. parents' phone numbers and your address. That's something that you do. But do we want to toss in another one, you mm-hmm. know, uh, a local a local friend in case something happens yeah. and they can't get, you know, a secondary number? And that's going to be different, I think, for, for per person because, you know, even just sitting around the table, I know some of us, like I do, have family 10 minutes down the road from our house. Yeah. So if something were to happen in our neighborhood – and we had to just immediately leave our house. We could be somewhere where at least we could sleep for a night in 10 minutes. And we've got a key on our key rings that will get us in there. You know, whether we have a phone or not, we'd be able to get there. Yeah. And um, it, that's not the case for everybody. You know, not everyone has local family. No, not I mean, everyone has uh, the, that type of resource. My, fa- my nearest family is 320 miles away Yeah. Um, where I grew up. So... Uh, yeah, I mean, if, if if this happened, you know, God forbid, to my family, we would be relying on the kindness of our neighbors and, and friends. I'll, I'll track all of you guys down. Yeah, We're, so, I'm, so I'm showing some of your four guys' doorsteps is, is what's going to happen. Uh, so, yeah. One of you guys, I have a key to your house, so we'll just... <laughs> I think you used it twice. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize that you guys had gotten the key sharing stage. Oh, yeah. Okay. They got toothbrushes, uh, too. Yeah. No, no, it wasn't a toothbrush. It was a plunger, I believe, we've shared back and forth, but it wasn't a toothbrush. Any number of things. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's something that, you know, you think about, you talk about, but you never really do anything about, you know. Right. And so this explosion really kind of sunk that in for me when I was reading about these stories about people. They were okay, but they were actually using uh, police resources, American Red Cross resources to try and track down 
friends that they'd had for for years and family members because in this day and age of connectedness they didn't have their cell phones and they didn't have access to it and you know and it's the middle of the night so you're not going to get a new phone or you you know have to get a laptop to do all i mean it was it was something that really kind of made me think and kind of led to the the theme of this this podcast and just I think of it as kind of your mobile life and your mobile office, your your vehicle, like what do you have prepared for that? But then also branching out to when you're not at home, you're you know, not your office, you're either driving in your car, you're somewhere with the family out and about, or you're commuting possibly on, on public transportation. You know, what do you have, you know, what is your EDC? What is your everyday carry that you may have with you that can help out? Do you certain situations? Do you, you know, enhance it, you know, saying, hey, I'm going to be going here. So for my everyday carry, I'm going to jump it up a notch with with this or whatever. I mean, yeah. on a on a kind of a silly level, but I, I wear the survivor bracelet and I've had it for a couple of years now. I mean, I haven't had to use it and I can't really think of a situation where I may, but I've got all of this paracord on my wrist and it's got a, you know, I'd be able to use it if I had to. It's just one of those things where. It's there if I ever need it. I really am hoping I'm not in a situation, and it is a very attractive. Situation. I was going to say, I, I'm looks, trying to preempt it that. Looks, it looks good. It looks good. You know, I've got doing so much good hair. And looking good doing it. Actually, you it's got blend, me into that too. I've got one at home. It's blended at home. In, at, at home. Yeah. See? yeah. It's I, blended into the hair on my wrist pretty good, so it's kind of stuck with me. I can't really tell. The it hair off. on your arm is woven it's into kind of the. So when he goes it, yeah. to pull the cord, it's going to pull the hair off his arm. I've just added extra twenty five yards. Yeah, just added another twenty five yards exactly. Um, but you know, so that's, that's something. So, uh, so dads, you know, we talked a little bit about the news. This is kind of what got us, you know, into this topic, but, uh, around the table, I think, uh, a couple of us drive and to work every day. Uh, one does pretty much mass transit and, to mass transit, yeah. and one walks down the stairs. So mass, mass transit and, and work at home, depending on the day, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just, but you haven't I taken the Metro in how long now? I, last week I took it. Yeah. So it all depends on Dad, what you're at the office. He, he lost a bet. He had to get on it. It all depends on what <laughs> project they're on and what day it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but two simple things. What's derailing? That it, yeah. uh, that's a whole uh, episode eight will be. Uh, yeah. After space. Weather. After space weather. After space weather. Metro two weather. simple things right off the bat that you can have in your car for sadly catastrophic events like what happened in Montgomery County. Um, we joked about the black book, the the senior portrait, whatever you have. Throw an index card, throw a, a book in your glove compartment with the numbers written down of nearby family, um, your your parents, your friends, your siblings, your cousins, uh, neighbors. Uh, it, it'll be in your, put it in next to your registration, next to your insurance card that you hopefully never have to pull out for an officer. It's right there in a safe place uh, for you. Um, from a dad perspective, We've talked before about having uh, the elusive diaper bag. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, change your clothes. It's called a tactical bag. Tactical bag, whatever tactical you're bag. right. Trauma bag. Oh, I've got one. Whatever, whatever your tactical kids bag. up to that day. Um, throw that bag in the back of the car, the back of the SUV. You've got you know, change of clothes for each kid. Diapers, wipes, whatever stage your kids are at uh, for that area. And it, again, going back to the everyday carriage, you want to step it up. Throw a change of clothes in for you. Mm-hmm. Um, from catastrophic events to we took a day trip and it is now a torrential downpour. Yeah. Hey, yeah. everybody's got to change of clothes to go home yeah. comfy and dry. Yeah. 
Um, no, you know, you're good. Two, two, two perspectives. You, you look at the at, at the catastrophic event to the the simple, you know, yeah, emergency. I, of, I, I of that. yeah, no, I think that th those are all great points. I think, and I do all of that in our in my car. The other the the two things that I add on to that is um, we have blankets um, that we've used first of all just because it's something for the kids to hold hold on to. So. Uh, you know, I think that's a good addition. Um, and then to sort of circle back with what Rob said about changing clothes, we all, I also keep a plastic tarp in, uh, in the back of my, now I have a big SUV so I can hold a lot of crap. Uh, not everyone, um, does that, uh, you know, has that or, or has decided to do that, but that, you know, I think that that will also impact how much you're going to be yeah. able to carry. Yeah. I've got, you know, similar one, right? It's got change clothes for the kids. I've got raincoats, hats. Yep. I got a uh, small emergency kit, like band-aids and things like that. Um, I've also got an old Atlas map in my car. Yep. Uh, you never know when you're going to get an area that has no cell coverage and your battery dies and mm -hmm. or you can't you can't figure out where you are. It's always great to have those maps. I also have an emergency uh, novel in case I ever get somewhere and I've forgotten mine, whatever I'm and, reading at that time. And you've forgotten your children, so you have <laughs> yes. time to read a book. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. um, but it'd be curious to know, though, how many millennials... Know how to read a map? Can you pull out an atlas map, find out where you are and where forget, you need to go? Forget millennials. You know that's younger than us. I think our generation, you'd have a lot of people that are completely ways or GPS dependent on. Yeah, yeah, they, they've probably drawn away from the paper map, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a solid thing to have. Yep, it's good to have. It's also, I mean, something that our emergency emergency response background gave to us is figuring out. The road systems mm -hmm. so you know knowing that it's a uh, single syllable a through z double syllable like that's how you get farther from the river in our area and the, those kind of little things if you can kind of figure that out you can get dropped anywhere and at least have a general understanding which way i mean it's the same as you know back in the hinterlands of you know montana and wherever you get dropped somewhere you go down the hill you look for the river you fall the river down and you're going to find somebody mm -hmm. like that's that's your basic survival in an urban environment. If you learn the structure of the roads, yes, you can kind of find your way to get to a main road and then follow. I mean, so it's kind of your urban waterway. Mm -hmm. um, so that's something good to do. I mean, yeah. I think I think as you said, you know, you pack all this stuff in your vehicle like a pair of shoes. Yeah. You know, just in case you have to change out. Mm -hmm. Yes, this could get to be adding a lot of crap into your vehicle that already has a lot of crap in it. Mm -hmm. um, but it's you never know if when it's going to be needed and, and it could be small stuff so right. you just make sure that you're wearing layers that day in and case if you, you pack a bag well you'd be shocked at how much stuff you can get into a relatively small yeah. thing um the other thing that i have given all of our backgrounds um and thinking through what i may be involved in i have tools for vehicle yeah maintenance stuff both for my car or if someone else needs help uh and but then Simple the other things thing, like a jumper cable Right, jumper cables. Yeah. But then the other thing is, yeah, jumper cables. Um, you can get, and general, a lot of them are pretty good at any sort of auto parts store. The like the car kit of tools, where it's like a couple good screwdrivers, a couple fuses. So in case your headlights turn off, you can swap out a fuse, uh, and you know some wrenches. Uh, that's all useful stuff to have. Uh, again, you need to take the time to learn how to use it before you get to. The incidents like we talked about when we talked about first aid kits in episode one from the house, 
um, if you have a great first aid kit, but it's still wrapped in plastic, yeah. do you really have it? Because you don't know how any of the things work or what you have or what you don't have. Um, so I think that's those are uh, good things to have as well. Or if you need to replenish it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and then the one, the other thing that I have um, that was beaten into our heads at the firehouse is I have a, a visibility vest Ooh, in the door. That's a good one. That's a good one. In the door of my car, uh, the driver's side door of, of my car. So I already know where it is. Mine's in oh, the, it, it'd be better if you put it in the visor. In the visor, <laughs> yeah. yes. So, uh, little inside baseball there on, on our ambulance. The visors, or the uh, this vests were always kept above the visors. So, and one thing I learned in um, uh, Green Beret training, <laughs> no uh, rescue. Uh, one was blanking all of a sudden on the name. Uh, tearing apart a car. Extrication. Extrication. Thank you, Rob. Uh, Frank's mostly an EMS yeah. guy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, 12 millimeter and 13 millimeter wrenches, wrenches we'll will pretty much take apart anything in car. So if you have those, pretty much you can you can do a lot of stuff on a car with those yes. two. Uh, yeah, a, a good, good wrench set um, is good. And again, it, You'd be shocked at what you can find very inexpensively in auto parts stores um, in that regard um, uh, to deal with that. So, yeah, I mean, I have in my car, I've got, I've probably gone farther than a lot of people normally would in their car prep. Rob's nodding yes. But you're the person that we want to run into. I mean, right. If it makes you feel better, you're not the only one out there that's like this. Right. Uh, so, hopefully. Hopefully there are other people out there that are doing it. Hopefully people take it to maybe not that far of a level. Yeah. But but think about it because, I mean, do you know how to change a tire? That was one thing before I was allowed to take the car out on my own. You know, I had to, on a hill, change a tire you of, a, in the outback. Well, of a stick shift. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was... Just changing the tire Spoiler, on Spoiler, tires on a, on a stick shift are <laughs> identical to... Well, no, it, it's not the tires, but it's the remembering to set it in, you know... Remembering yes. to the brake. Yeah. Set yeah. the parking brake, put it in first, you know, yes. all those kind put of things. Because, right, so uh, you, you know, you, you see those guys changing, and it's like rolling down the hill. And, and what happens when you lose or four, four of your five lug nuts? Yeah. What do you do then? I don't know. I've seen a Christmas story. I know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> you're just baiting us, Frank. Yeah. but you know so it's it's you're not the only one dan that has that going on and and we all have you know again just because of who we are we're a little prepared and we're hoping that we should probably be a little bit more prepared it's funny to think that cars most cars when you buy them don't come with um jumper cables mm-hmm. i mean that's kind of a basic survival need of any yeah. vehicle no I don't matter think how many cars ever come with jumper cables none of the ones Correct. i've bought have ever come with jumper cables no. but you're getting to the point now where cars don't even come with spare tires yeah Correct. yeah you're getting a can of fix a flat and yeah a phone and a pat on the shoulder and a pat on the back saying have a good ride so right and <laughs> if the damage is to the rim you're you're, you're in a lot of yeah. Trouble. yeah well and then the other thing that you you know it, they don't come with jumper cables anymore. Some of them, I have, I have a Volvo. It doesn't have a regular battery. Like, well, used. Uh, that, does <laughs> that help? Does that help? No, no. All right. But there's no there's no battery in the front. It's like built in in the back, and it's a weird shape. So you can't get to it unless you take these pieces out. Really? Yeah. In a Volvo, the battery is in the, in the who and the what now? It is in the who and the what. Exactly. Yeah. And it's uh, just squeeze. No, it's um, it's back there. 
Uh, yeah, kids and family. That's where this is located. Um, it is. It's in the back, but they have pieces and, and wires running to the front, so you could jump it. But if something were wrong with your battery, you wouldn't really see it because it's actually like built yeah, yeah, into yeah. the frame in the back, um, and it's not a near regular battery shape. Uh, so of course that probably just means proprietary Volvo battery that yeah, cost extra sixty thousand yeah. dollars to replace. Yeah. But I mean, so so that's that's something with all of these newer vehicles, the newer designs, the hybrids that are coming out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, most I am not a mechanic in any way, shape, or form. I know if it's making a weird noise, that it probably shouldn't be making that. Well, that means uh, I know I have to take yeah. it to somebody. But you know, when it comes to some of these other vehicles, some of these you don't even want to try to tinker with. I know the Tesla has like a little uh, foil strap over certain parts that say "Do not cut this." You know, don't open this compartment. I mean. So if you're stuck somewhere, you're reliant mm-hmm. upon a Tesla person to come right. get you or, or whatever it may be. So your vehicles, you know, it's it's becoming harder and harder to just kind of be a tinkerer on your car. Absolutely. Um, even with code and stuff, yeah. they have yeah. to do like code on it. Yeah, and, and we have a we have a, a friend f- uh, the, from the fire department who uh, we'll try to get on as a guest later on, but has a, uh, a plug-in car and... You got to know where you're, where you can go to plug in that car if you're running low on a battery. Yep. Uh, no, I think that's really? true. I don't you have to plug in a plug-in car. I also, <laughs> I also think that. Uh, Sorry. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the other thing I think that needs to be thought about is how does it change based on the season? So, in the summertime, spring, summertime, into the, a little bit of the fall, I'll keep water in the back of my car. Generally, that I raid to drink on the train in the way in uh to the office so i have to replenish that fairly regularly but uh you know winter time in our area that it's not going to work you're going to end up with a lot of mess to deal with um in the winter time i'll swap that out for um i have one of those little collapsible like army shovels so oh, in case yeah, i ever yeah. get snowed in somewhere if i need to dig myself or someone else oh, out so cool. I those as a kid. yeah i got it because i really wanted one um and the explanation to uh, the wife was that it was preparedness, but uh, man, that's going on my Christmas list. Yeah, I remember I mean, that as a kid. They're, they're great. They're, when you fold them up, they take no room up. Yeah, and in case of last resort, if you need to dig somebody out of a out of snow or bury someone, whatever, or bury a dead body, uh, you know, people. Oh, they don't the, have the to be dead. They plan, still be alive. The point is plan ahead. I think that we're trying to get <laughs> to emergency preparedness and how to take care of a body. All yeah, this exactly. one podcast. Yeah, there you yeah. go. You are the EMS guy. Yeah. Frank, um, you know, no. And so so we've talked about what we do for our own vehicles and how we kind of take care of that. But then there's the other the other part. Sometimes it's not your vehicle. It's a public transportation. You know, you're out there doing that. Back to kind of something we touched upon in episode two about how everyone should, you know, large business, small business should have some sort of emergency plan. You're hoping that your public transportation system has has it together and they have it all figured out. Is that necessarily the case? No, they may have a plan. It may not work well. It may not have been been practiced. So you have to figure out what's going on and where you're going, and you know how how do you get out of this metro car? Do you go to the left? Do you go to the right? If you're elevated, I mean, they have those pictures and they have all those things there. Does anyone ever really look at those? Well, that's I, a great I've point. looked them. I'm, I'm the mm-hmm. I'm the seasoned metro rider in this group. I'd like to think. Um, I have read those. Uh, I do have a background in a railway industry. Um, so I know some more parts than others. Um, but yeah, 
you'll notice in subway cars, no matter what city you're in, there are evacuation instructions. And mm -hmm. the first instruction is listen to the operator. Whether that sounds right or not, depending on where what city you're in, listen to the operator. All right, they're they're in as much of a pinch and a panic and the same emergency that you're in. So you got to give them some time, give them some credit to what they're doing to get you out of that train, out of that bus. Um, but pay attention. Nine times out of ten, you're going at the end of the cars, the front and rear of the car. You, you may be going through several cars to get the end of that train out of the, the track bed to evacuate. Um, but that that's the that's the biggest thing I would say is just listen to your operator, follow those instructions, and read through. There's not a lot of steps right. uh, to get out of that. Um, as far as... Can I add one thing there? Yeah. Is before you get on the train, the next time you're waiting for a train, look at the track. Do you have a third rail system? Do you have an... You know, how are the cars powered? Is there... Are there parts of the track that you shouldn't be walking on? And, and those instructions actually will say that. It, it, right. it will tell you if... If you're in a train that is stopped on an elevated structure, go out this way. You know, mm -hmm. stay to the left, stay to the right. They have it plotted out as to where their third rails are, mm -hmm. um, where their power supply is coming from. Um, yeah. If you're if you're an event on your own and you know the, the transit system has failed, um, <clears throat> or, or rather, I'm sorry, not failed, but if you're if you're on your own and need to get home. Um, a lot of areas will have a rideshare program you can yeah. register for. Um, so you're not stuck. You you're not stuck, options. right. Yeah, if, if you're, uh, your kid suddenly gets sick and you took the train to work that day, you can get you can call up this program and uh, if you're registered, you'll, they'll give you a ride home uh, to get your kid. Yeah. So that, that's there's some options there with transit. You know, the last couple of years in, in our area, we've had ice storms come mm -hmm. right at rush hour. And so you think to yourself, am I gonna get in the car and try to go and risk getting stuck? And I know a couple of years ago, we had an ice storm come through here right around 5.30 and people were abandoning cars. Oh yeah, they were just All over the place, there. cars were everywhere. Well, we, part, sometimes out of frustration, sometimes because they, they ran out of gas. Yeah, so they couldn't go anywhere. They had to stop. Mm -hmm. um, they, they stopped for whatever reason, but then couldn't get going because they had no traction where the shovel comes in, you know, or if you have kitty litter in the back of your car. But, um, you know, think, mm -hmm. think to yourself, am I going to take mass transit now? Right. Instead of trying, you know, and then have to come back in tomorrow or the mm -hmm. next day to get my car. And will my car still be there? Right. Because I know in a couple instances, they had tow trucks come through and push those cars out of the, yep. off the main road so they can get plows through. So think about that when yep. you're in the winter. Yeah, and I mean, to that end, and this isn't something that every household is going to be do, able to do uh we always in my family always make sure that we have at least one four-wheel drive vehicle in the mm -hmm. fleet if you will um at any given time uh just for precisely that reason just because in, case. in case we need to absolutely need to get somewhere uh in inclement weather that we are, have the ability maybe not from an operator standpoint but at least <laughs> from a vehicle standpoint uh to be able to do that but remember, four-wheel drive doesn't mean you can get everywhere. Correct. You can still get a four-wheel drive stuck. Oh, as we have all yeah. personally <laughs> witnessed or <laughs> participated, participated in. Or responded uh, to. Or responded to. Um, yeah. Um, Driving my Civic past a four-wheel drive in, this, in a snowbank. <laughs> Correct. Such a rewarding experience. <laughs> but, I mean, so you have to think of, you know, we've been talking the past episodes a lot about preparedness and how, it, you know, 
we hope that people will come through, but you really need to be the one that's, you know, the leading the preparedness efforts in your personal life and in your community. Um, you know, so take that step and take that initiative. Your vehicle is your mobile preparedness kind of opportunity. So, you know, if you're out and about, you're taking the kids to, you know, some bounce house thing or whatever, you know, that's a good place. Your vehicle is someplace where you know what's in there. You can go hide in there, not hide, but you can go in there and, you know, wait out the thunderstorm if you need to, if you're out, you know, hiking or whatever. Um, You've got, you know, you'll have your water supplies in there. You'll have some food supplies in there if you need snacks or whatever it is. Um, But then on mass transit, you know, figuring out what's going on with the metro where, you know, if you're on a, a subway system, learn that system. If you're taking a bus, you know, figure out they have roof exits because mm-hmm. sometimes if a bus gets in an incident, it's not going to be on its four wheels. It'll be on a side somewhere. And unfortunately, we've seen some pictures and there's been some news items. You know, these things are are sometimes causing some catastrophic crashes. And how yeah. do you get out? You know, know the window exits. Um, well, and I mean, e- even just from a personal standpoint, first of all, look at those emergency placards that yeah. Rob was talking about on subways or whatever you're on before the incident occurs. Uh, but then also just when you're getting on the train, know when you get on the train, am I am I at the front of the train? Am I at the rear of the train? Am I in the middle? Uh, which side of the train is the third rail on? Uh, all of that information is uh, important to know. Yeah. One situational thing, awareness. Situational yeah. awareness. Thank Back you. to One. the Pokemon Go from the first episode that went on a little bit too long. Sorry, everyone. But know where you are know what you got going on and one thing i want to want to add too is for those who have kids who take school buses school districts make sure that they run through emergency drills with kids who take the bus Mm -hmm. make sure your kids pay attention to those if it's one thing that they do when they're on the bus is pay attention school buses do get in accidents um we've seen a lot of them um over the years throughout the country just make sure that they're they actually pay attention they know mm-hmm. how to get off a bus um they know what to do in the case uh, a bus gets in an accident yeah. uh, that's pretty important it's not just awareness for us because we're the ones that are driving or we're the ones that take mass transit but your kids who take school buses should should be aware of that too well the school buses are changing too there's you know yeah. a call for more school buses to actually have seat belts in them mm-hmm. um you know it's just a changing Changing dynamic, faster vehicles, better built vehicles, bigger vehicles, you know, right. school buses, that compartment that they built into them that worked well for the 70s, 80s, 90s, early 2000s, you know, it's still working well. Um, and there's some really, uh, my background is transportation safety. So there's some really interesting studies out there about having to put seat belts on actually limits the number of seats that you can have in there because of space for the belt mechanisms and all that. So you actually will end up having more youth die because they're taking other modes of transportation, bike, pedestrian, uh, someone else driving them. But in the end, it'll be, I think it'll be safer having the seatbelts in the vehicle because the crashes that they're getting involved yeah. in now where the fatalities are, are present are pretty intense crashes mm-hmm. and uh, heavy rolls being hit in the side a lot. So, you know, a seatbelt will, will come in a lot on that. So, yeah. Um, related to that, since I know a lot of us have younger kids here, um, in terms of being able to get a vehicle ready to go, um, do you have the right car seats in mm-hmm. the vehicle? How quickly can you get a car seat installed? Um, and done you know, properly. Having, right, properly. Um, you know, I you know now with two kids a bit of experience with car seats but there's still one in our fleet that 
every GD time if I have to move it from my car to my you know my in-laws car because they're going to do daycare pickup. I know it's going to be 20 minutes of me yeah. swearing at it in the driveway because that one clip just won't latch even though I know exactly where it has to go. Yep. Uh, so, you know, how quickly can you get that stuff ready? For and that's actually, you mentioned that the, uh, child passenger safety technicians are something that they get certified like every year. So there's going to be events in your community. Yep. If you're always curious about it, where your, where your car seat is, you know, take it down there and they'll check it out. I just learned that um, to use the latch system in your vehicle, it tops out at 60 pounds for your kid. Your kid right. and the the seat can't be more than 60 pounds for latch to be used. You can still use the same car seat, but you have to use the seat belt. You can't just rely on latch. I always thought latch was like the the platinum yeah. standard for car seat stuff. And it was what, do you got, part of the steel frame of your car. Yeah, you know, you got latch and so you're good forever. But that's not necessarily the case. So these are things that you need to know. You need to know the size and weight limits of your kit, you know, of the seatbelts, the rules mm-hmm. in your state, because each state is different. Yep. You know, New Jersey, uh, and, and it's got to be two years old facing backwards. And that's when you can change. Yeah. And what car are, seats expire. And car seats expire. expire. And, and if they're involved in a crash. Get rid of them. Yeah. yeah. And, and if you're looking for the technicians, um, in most jurisdictions, it's going to be your police department, your fire department. Um, you can look online at that jurisdiction, yeah. yep. uh, make an appointment, or they will have open houses to come through. <laughs> yep. uh, and, and it doesn't have to be just because, oh, I'm having, you know, my wife is doing a month. Let's get the car seat in and get it inspected. Once, you know, you go from the infant click and go mm-hmm. seat to the toddler seat. You can call them and get inspected. They're not going to yeah. say, "Oh no, no, we already inspected right. you." You know, yeah. you're you're good to go. And especially if you haven't gone through this with, if you if you haven't had kids yet, or you're still on your first car seat, one of my number one pet peeves with child holster devices, shall we say, whether it be strollers or car seats <laughs> or whatever, there is zero uniformity from forget yeah. from one manufacturer to another but even from one model to the next from the same company right yeah it can be completely different there's no standardization whatsoever um so know what you have and how to work it yeah. because it will be different as the kid grows up and you or, may not think that that's something to be emergency management prepared for but it is i mean yeah. you need to be able to get your kids around and get other kids around safely um so if you have a car seat that you know I actually don't. I don't even know the rules. You don't on use this. car seats for your kids. Yeah, I use car seats, but I mean, like, share them with you. You know, hold on to them in case something happens. You can put an extra car seat in your vehicle because mm-hmm. you always have an upgrade. You know, you're always gonna have to do that. You know, you'd be able to get the someone other someone else, else's kid down the street or something, and right. be able to help out that way. So don't just get rid of it because you've either aged out of it or waited out of it, whatever it may be, because um, it could still come in handy. So, well, uh, with that, we're just a little over half an hour. Um, again, we're trying to get to be a little shorter episode. Feedback we've heard from all of them. So looking forward to that. Uh, and apologies to Dave Shield. We are out of time. <laughs> with that, I'd like to thank all of the dads. I'm happy that you're able to continue this, this journey with me. And uh, we're hopefully going to gain... Uh, more interest on different topics and have different things going on so if you have any ideas on what you'd like to uh, have us talk about or do a little research on send us a tweet at disaster dads uh, visit the website at disasterdads.com or send us an email at the dads at disasterdad.com uh, we look forward to it and um, again with that we panic so you don't have to thanks a lot everyone bye <laughs>